Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Becca, and I use she, her pronouns. And I'm Josie, I use he, they pronouns. And, and we're, we're your, your judges. judges. Nailed it. <laughs> this is By the Cover. Uh, it's a new podcast, a relatively new podcast. It's very, very new. Episode two. Episode two. Uh, and it is a comedy podcast uh, about Amazon book review culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, we're so excited. Episode two. Uh, we didn't know this was happening by episode one, but we have we have our theme. Yeah, we have a theme song. Um, uh, don't, don't let's, let's start. start by They Might Be Giants. Uh-huh. I'm geeking out like 2%. Like yeah, 2%, only when, 2%. When we uh, first met with Mike to talk about the, the podcast, um, uh, he asked us to, to pick songs that kind of sounded like what we wanted the theme and song to be. We went into be. a meeting and we were like, "It's this song. It's it's yeah. this song." <laughs> and Mike was like, "That's nice." <laughs> yeah, no, and and he agreed with us that it was it was a good song. And and we went in and we were like, "We don't really know what like the budget is for like things like a theme song." And and Mike said, "None." And we said, "That's fine." None pizza left. Beef. We accept this because you know we're getting these ten you know these ten episodes. We are Free. so lucky to have wandered through the we desert so... of sound, and now we are here. We, are we so found our home. To the Rock Media Network. We have Oh, God, this is not good radio. Uh, this is great radio. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> um, but but we had no budget, and so that was fine, and we were going to, we were going to go with um, It's Not Radio. Um, this is not good podcast. This is not good podcast content. Mike wants us to not call it radio because he actually does radio. Um, he says no, he doesn't do radio. He just does live stream. You, so many bad things. Content. We're not doing very strongly today. We can. Uh, anyway, we, we reached Mike out to, to They Might Be Giants, and they were generous enough to allow us to have their theme song, and we are so so grateful to them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels whole and complete. Yeah, absolutely. And we are very, very excited. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to the, to show. the show. Um, so, um, 
in this show, we present to each other books, and here is a book for you. Never um, before seen by me. Uh, yeah, actually, this is one that has been seen before by you. I thought that uh, <laughs> something that could be cool, um, because we talked about uh, in episode zero uh, what kind of started the show mm-hmm. um, was uh, was us reading Amazon books. Um, I can still not find the book that, that we originally <laughs> I'm got. So- Excited. But the thing that brought us there was um, was a Q&A and then a live reading um, of The Adventure Zone, Murder on the Rockport Limited. Oh, that's uh, a delight. Yeah, graphic novel. And so I thought, um, what a fun way to, to celebrate that and also to plug the McElroys so that I have a reason to tweet about them after this episode I mean, goes besides live. the already torrent of <laughs> tweets directed at the McElroys. Uh, Griffin McElroy, please be on our show. <laughs> Josie has noticed so me sentying so hard right now. Um, <laughs> I don't like that phrase at all. That is not what I'm doing. He is a popular podcaster who lives in Austin, Texas, and we live in Waco, Texas, and Central Texas podcasters should get together. And he's very famous. Um, <laughs> and I think he's cool. Okay. Um, in the second Adventure Zone graphic novel, adapted from the McElroy family's wildly popular D&D podcast. See, I thought I was going to have to do some exposition of what it was. I mean, I think they already the have so much to kind of like flip plop up against. We rejoin hero-adjacent sort of comrades-in-arms Taco, Magnus, and Merle on a wild careen through a D&D railroad m- murder mystery. Mike has stepped away from the headphones. We're free. We're free. Big from- Brother can't watch us anymore. We can say radio. Mike has no idea want? what we're saying. Radio, radio. <laughs> Welcome to our radio oh, show. You don't believe uh, on a wild careen through a D&D railroad murder mystery. <laughs> yeah, is, this, it, is it a wild careen? It's a wild careen. There's a lot of mystery involved there. This installment has a little of everything. A genius child detective, an axe-wielding professional wrestler, oh, a surly wizard, a wife. cursed magical artifacts, and a pair of meat monsters. You know, the usual things you find on a train. Mm-hmm. Hot on the heels of The Adventure Zone, Here There Be Gerblins, the smash hit graphic novel that launched the series, The Adventure Zone, Murder on the Rock Part Lara, picks up the saga. Essentially, it's the second volume. Also, not only is it the McElroy family, but also Carrie Peach uh, is the artist who uh, who worked with them. Um, she and, makes such beautiful colors. And yes, Carrie Peach is wonderful at, at what she does. And I'm very excited because the third book, uh, Pedals to the Metal, uh, I think is on pre-order right now. And we're waiting around because we want to get it so when brilliant. we're going to go see the live we're show. We're going to get on that live show. Um, all right. But since we kind of already know what the book is about, um, and I'll just kind of say I think people should read it, um, let's see what other people think about it. 676 ratings. Five stars oh. on, on Amazon. Do you want to guess the sp- spread so five out of five is the average and obviously like five out of five is the average mm -hmm. nicely done so yeah it's weighted obviously very heavily um so i guess i'll just kind of like have you guess 98 percent is five stars where do you think the other two percent lie 4.7 is where i'm gonna land on this like average review 
What? No, okay. no, no. Wait, it's, wait, wait. it's five out of five is already the average. So 98% is five stars. So there's 2% that's either one, two, three, or four stars. Where do you think those 2% are? One. No, it's four. This is an excellent book. Oh, well, so to let's be expected, see, I guess. Let's see what the 2% say, what the absolute... Oh, I get it now. Sorry, I'm not good at math, apparently. Oh, I'm so sorry. Did I did no, I explain it wrong? No, I'm just a... I apparently can't do math, as this, we discussed in the first episode. You know what? I realize this is the problem. I'm not in my artistic persona yet. Gotta. You can't read in those glasses. You can't oh, read in ready. your sunglasses. I actually can, because these are... Uh, these are polarized lenses. Uh, go ahead, and, and everyone should check out uh, SunCloud. SunCloud polarized sunglasses. They are excellent, and they should sponsor us. I hate this. Kindle, <laughs> Kindle customer verified purchase. I want to be clear. I want to be very clear that this is not a Kindle customer. Mm-hmm. Although it is, right? They did buy it on a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Their name is Kindle Customer, which I guess might just be an automatic thing. I think it's an automatic thing. But it's thing. still a choice to make. You know, like, I wouldn't go to... Please, Mr. Customer is my father. <laughs> call me Kindle. Call me Kindle. But, like, you know, I wouldn't go to Best Buy and say, you know, failing business customer. You know, I wouldn't do that. Best Buy is failing. Anyway. <laughs> Four stars. Angus McDorable. The story continues. A- Angus McDonald is one of the characters, and, and this person is saying that a- they find Angus McAdorable. The story continues. Same excellent artist, well adapted from podcast, now with the addition of everyone's favorite character, Angus McDonald, boy detective. Cannot wait for the next installment of the story. Well, then why is it only four stars, Kindle customer? I mean, listen, nobody achieves perfection. I really, like, on the, on this Amazon scale, like, I really need, like, a half star. I mean, I just don't believe in perfection in any way. Oh, really? So you would never give anything a five out of five nope, star? No, I couldn't do it. Um, that really goes against my code. Um, as we were taught in school, uh, you have to suffer to earn anything, um, specifically anything higher than a four star. Um, I, I think that... It should also be noted then that you wouldn't give our podcast a five out of five stars. If that makes couldn't do it. Sad. Couldn't do it. But why not? Because I am cruel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I give our podcast five out of five stars. Um, Reader, right. he did. KCW says five stars. It's not the same as the podcast, but that's not a bad thing. Apparently it is. It's like one whole star of a bad thing. So this is a five-star review. We moved into the five oh. stars. But but I think that this is an interesting... It's not the same as a, as the podcast. Yeah? Yeah? Is the comic book different than the audio story? I mean, they do change things up in a yeah. significant way. I love these comics as a supplement to Taz. The artwork is funny and often breathtaking. The story is far tighter and easier to follow, and nothing significant feels left out of the volume. Besides, being able to see it is a delight all its own. Clint and Carrie did an excellent job bringing this to life, and while I miss a lot of the banter and hijinks that come from listening to the 
listen to a podcast of close family. And I have to admit the time, the times Griffin pops into the narrative and they try to include some of their meta jokes slash gaming actually are a detriment to the overall comic in my opinion, but it illustrates one of the things that make Taz so special. Now, why is this one a five star review? Because this one comes in with a lot of criticism. I mean, because nothing is perfect, Josie. And so it made me feel warm and fuzzy, but I'm still going to give it its constructive criticism. That's important. We also learn about that in school. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's definitely valid. The person's main point, they say, is that they want the balance arc told straight. That they don't want the meta of D&D added into it and kind of just letting the story exist, which I just fundamentally disagree with. I really like the D&D meta. Thank you very much. I have opinions. I've never known that about you. Um... <laughs> All right, that's kind of all I had for this one. Kind of figured I'd let it be a shorter one. Um, but I just thought it'd be very fun and very cute. And also, everyone should go check out, go check that out. Yeah. Um, because um, the McElroys are kind of a big reason why Becca and I got into podcasting to begin with. And so yeah. I thought that could be, uh, could be very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but a shorter bit means that we are going to be Jump into ad break just a little bit sooner. Every time. We shouldn't, I don't think we should do music for ad breaks. I don't think that works. I don't think that's functional. Hello, we are What's Your Excuse? Podcast. Exactly. I'm Caitlin. I am Megan. And we are here to talk to you about all of your things that you want to shit talk about. That's right. Is your life going poorly? Check. Are you curious about diseases that are running rampant? Check. Check. Do you want to know all the places I have had sex in this world? Check. Check. (laughs) You can find that all right here on What's Your Excuse podcast uh, at Rogue Media Network. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify. Stitcher. Google Play. And Google. Yes, that's right. And give us a follow. (laughs) What's Your Excuse? And we're back. Hi, we're so glad to be back. I don't. What was... a what a great business or product um, we just learned about. Do you like those goods? You should go get those services. How, yeah, those services sound real real good, and those goods sound real service. service. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Josie, are you ready? Are you ready for our segment today? I'm very excited. I'm really excited for this segment. Do 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 it's. Classy Corner. Classy Corner. Ooh. What what do you have for us today, Becca? Okay, so this segment is a segment where I am going to read Josie only the reviews for some book or manuscript that is a classic of the literature canon that we know today. Um, and I'm very excited to... Um, bring this book to them and like we're gonna party so hard about it okay so jason jason gives this three stars mm-hmm. um and it, this verified purchase wants us to know that this is not the cleanest or most professional edition but it has all of the important bits <laughs> 
Uh, Jed Crossman also gives it three stars. Uh, Jed wants us to know that it is big book. Big, big book. Good book. Size is crazy big. Was hoping it would be smaller and thicker like my other redacted books. <laughs> big I, book. Wish it, was, wish, wish it was smaller okay. and thicker. Okay. This person definitely prefers girth over length, I guess, is what we're getting. Um, jokes. Jokes, jokes. Um, so this is this is kind of a big hint. Uh, Monique Pontius wants us to know, one star, play, not book, sucked. Play, not book, sucked. Okay, so that's three, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try making a guess real quick. Bigger, play, not book. I don't know a lot of uh, Peter Pan. No. Okay. Is this so? Is it a classic play or is it a classic book? And this is like the play adaptation. It is a classic play. Oh, okay. Okay. So CH one four one one gave this three stars. Um, I had trouble reading this book and had help from a website to understand the language. Okay. I think it is better seen as a play than read, which is the main intention. Some of the situations seemed unlikely for a book that I thought was supposed to be somewhat realistic. I understand suspending disbelief, but again, I think it would be easier to do that in a play form, not a book. <laughs> Otherwise, it had a good message and was fun to talk to with friends and or class. When, when I read something, I can't imagine it. When something fantastical happens in the written page... I just can't. I can't get there. I just like. I just wish I saw it in the real world. Then maybe I could believe I mean, it. It's so confusing when we get those sorts of things from from plays like this. Um, so I really think I really think this review is going to be the kicker. Um, Erica says four stars. Really good book. Book good, so, but. I really love this book. It made understanding a lot easier for my students, but I will say that some parts are a little much. It seems like the translator looks for the most vulgar way Ooh. to word some of author's crude jokes. It... Author is crude to be sure, and some of it is quite funny. However, sometimes the translator goes too far the other way. Plus, there were parts that weren't necessarily as sexual in the original as it was presented in the translated version, like scenes that were purposely left ambiguous so that it might have been interpreted in more than one way. This actually took away from some of the cleverness and thoughtfulness of some of author's jokes. Mm. Is it like a is it like a Greek play? No. Oh, is this Oh, because of this, I had to pre-read all the scenes to choose which scenes we read in the book and which ones we read from the original text okay. from the textbook where students couldn't read the translation. I did, however, find that the classes that used both original and translated reasons for the unit had an easier time understanding the original text when challenged to do so, likely because they didn't feel as overwhelmed from days of old text. Is it, is it, is it, is it, um, is it the underpants? No, you're no? thinking way too obscure. Oh, man. Way too okay. obscure. What do I know then? Film, comic, TV series adaptions multiply the story of 
this classic play. I have enjoyed many of its mirrors, and such as the version with Leonardo DiCaprio in Miami, uh, the Kung Fu version with Jet Li, the black and oh, white classes. Oh, is it a Romeo and Juliet? It's oh, the No Fear Shakespeare Romeo no and Juliet. <laughs> I was going... They kept on saying translation. And I thought that... I don't know what to do with that. When the... Oh no, oh dear, you don't, it's not a translation, it's like, it's more of like an explanation though, mm -hmm. but, oh man, that's really, uh. To be clear, I really want to just like highlight at the very end, D. Dunstock, two stars, title of the thing is Fired Up, to be clear, I reread this book for the language, not the story, not the story. Log. Can we all agree that what happened to RJ is really Friar Lawrence's fault? Come on, Lawrence. These are kids. You encouraged Juliet to make dying potions so that she, a 14-year-old girl, could be with her infatuation of what, three days? Like, um, you're supposed to be older, wiser, akin to God adult, and you don't even think that faking her death was like a red flag? You shouldn't have to fake your death in order to be with someone FFS. Oh, and then Lawrence joins in the Capulets and Nurse when they're all crying about Juliet's death? For shame, Friar Lawrence. Friar John is no better. Worse than stale mail. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. P.S. The whole scene between Peter, first musician and second musician, can go. P.P.S. I'm so mad. <laughs> I'm so mad. Listen, I have opinions about Romeo and Juliet. I just really love that there was somebody on the internet who was like, hot take Romeo and Juliet time. Nobody's <laughs> ever done a hot take about this play before. Um, has anyone ever noticed how it's actually the people in the play's fault what happened to them in this tragedy? Have you noticed how the actions of people <laughs> led to the consequences in the play? I just really thought Romeo and Juliet were going to make it in this read. <laughs> <laughs> this particular translation, um, I do appreciate that like most people were really sticking to like, I'm going to... I'm going to give a review of the No Fear Shakespeare and kind of like this edition and kind of what it does. And this person was like, I have opinions for Mr. Shakespeare. I have some notes. I, Mr. Shakespeare, <laughs> if you can just get back to me, I, I would love to DM you and just talk about this. Oh, no. I No, I think it is. I think it is really great that someone is reacting to old books like that. I think that's uh -huh. amazing. Yeah, no, it, it's really important. Ad break? Oh, perhaps we shall go to an ad. Uh, have you ever had a need and or want? No. Okay, well, for the sake of the for the sake of the advertisement, have you ever had a need and or want? Yes. There we go. And what about a goal and or desire? No. Becca. Okay, yes. <laughs> we have a, a goods and or service for you. Ooh? That's right. That need and or want can be fulfilled by the following product and or business. Let's listen in. Yay! Ready? Yeah, 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 let's record. Amen. This is your boy Tuned in to Bluesville. Bluesville, Terry ain't shit. 2020. Shout out Ontario, though, the truth. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Y'all can use that? 
Can we use that? Oh, boy. You ready? Yeah. And we're back. And we're back. I'm so glad that we... Ooh, I'm out of breath. <laughs> Just kidding. We're, we're, not, we're not back quite yet. I forgot the book. I, I thought mean, I could do how, it. How could you forget the Bible of this show? I know. It's Our guiding light. Our guiding light. Um, but we are, in fact, back. The Holy Hogue. <laughs> the Holy Hogue. Yikes. Is this... <laughs> so last week we... Or last episode, we alienated the Yang gang. Now we're going to alienate the Jesus gang. <laughs> oh, just you wait, Josie. Are you ready for today's book? For my for my book of the day? <laughs> Are we going to alienate the Jesus gang? I mean, maybe. It's, it's, it's pretty light. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, no, let's hear it. So I, I went to Fort Worth. Um, my parents were in town and my, my mother loves thrift shopping and Mm -hmm. I realized that thrift shopping is the perfect time for me to look through the weird old book section at all of those poor little books that nobody, nobody wanted that they, they gave to the thrift store. Um, and so I found, I found a selection of books that kind of like tickled my fancy. Mm -hmm. Um, and specifically I found, uh, to like the lightning, uh, the Ada by Ada Palmer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, this actually sounds like a really interesting fantasy. Like I picked it up and I was really excited to read it. And then I read the back of it. Yes. <laughs> Mycroft Canner is a convict. For his crimes, he requ- he is required as the custom of the 25th century to wander the world being as useful as he can to all he meets. Carlisle Foster is a sensayer. <laughs> A spiritual counselor. Wait, I'm sorry. He's a what? A sensayer. What's a sensayer? We're going to find out. A <laughs> sensayer. A spiritual counselor in a world that has outlawed the public practice of religion. Oh, no. But which also knows that the inner lives of humans cannot be wished away. The world into which Mycroft and Carlyle have been born is as strange to our 21st century eyes as our, as would be to a native of the 1500s. It is a hard-won utopia built on technologically generated abundance and also on complex and mandatory systems of labeling, all public writing and speech. What seems to us normal gender distinctions are now distinctly taboo in most social situations. Oh, no. Honestly, the fucking dream. <laughs> Could you imagine if you weren't viewed as a gender, but just like as an a individual? human, you're married as, as an individual? And most of the world's population is affiliated with globe-girdling clans of the like-minded whose endless economic and cultural competition is carefully managed by central planners of inestimable subtlety. To us, it seems like a mad combination of heaven and hell. To them, it seems like normal life. And in this world... Minecraft and Carlisle have stumbled on the wild card that may destabilize the system. The boy, Bridger, who can effortlessly make his wishes come true. Who can, it would seem, bring inanimate objects to life. Wait a minute. So, so there's magic. Uh-huh. No. Wait. There, this world, there's no gender, there's uh-huh. no religion, except for this dude who, like, proselytizes, Yeah. As a, as a man. As, as, 
I don't know. So, so is it Jeebus? I don't know. I don't know, but it does. It sounds very much like right. Jesus. Yeah, it's like we're like in like a lost world where no one has a gender and everyone <laughs> No one has religion. Like, is just like nice to each other and And no nope, It's fine. It's fine. It's probably great. I'm sorry, what is the hell that they're concerned about? Where I where is don't like know. listening through the summary, I could not pinpoint a moment where things were bad. Um, Erica Vera wants us to know that with his four stars, uh, I guess with there, I shouldn't. I shouldn't make assumptions, right? Um, I think that no, we shouldn't make assumptions, but we can definitely find out what this person. No, actually, we should aggressively use a gender neutral pronoun. I think we should use there. I think that's actually really good. Well, especially in because you know the book has ruined. Truly, I we don't have gender right now. No uh, gender in this world. We we found utopia where gender stops existing. Uh, so Erica Vera gave their four star review, verified purchase. Obviously, uh, it says more philosophy than sci fi. This novel is an odd hybrid of historical reflection, philosophical ful- treaties, a lot of falafel treaties, and far future speculative fiction with a few quasi pornographic episodes thrown wait, in for good wait, measure. What? Wait, what? I mean, you know, listen, uh, I don't like my philosophy texts without a good fucking thrown wait, in wait, there. Wait, 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 wait. Is this just like. <laughs> so, so what religion does this. This preacher, Carlisle? I don't... We have to continue reading. (laughs) I loved it in places and rolled my eyes in others. As a book written to make you think, it succeeds unequivocally. You will question your own ethical beliefs and the future of family, society, and politics if you read these pages carefully. As a book full of interesting characters, it mostly succeeds. There are aspects of Mycroft Canner, the narrator, that are hard to reconcile with one another. Bridger, a curious 13-year-old who is at the fulcrum of much of the action, sometimes comes across as an 8-year-old, sometimes as an adult, but barely strikes me as being 13, even given his atypical upbringing. Overall, the characterization is stylized and creative, but it has inconsistencies. My biggest gripes are with the plotting and pacing. I love the philosophical and speculative tangents, but they thoroughly bog down the pacing for the handfuls of pages at a time. You may not even understand the purchase purpose behind their inclusion until you are brought back into the unfolding action half a chapter later. The plot itself hinges on statistical projections that I find very difficult to believe, either in their recurrence <laughs> or their stability. This, Further- this fantasy world is based on things that I find fantastical to imagine. Why do we keep having all of these people who are looking for maths inside of their, like, fantasy? I, I guess maybe this writer did, in fact, put a lot of maths in, is the idea. <laughs> like, they put a lot of statistical projectionings, you know? Okay, I'm I'm gonna keep digging, uh... <laughs> So Hazel75 gave this a two-star. Interesting premise, unengaging characters. I'm deeply ambivalent about this book, which two-star does not indicate to me ambivalence. Yeah, I don't really really care one way or the other, but also at the same time. I wanted to like it, but most, almost none of the characters are likable except for the child Bridger. Maybe Martin Guildbreaker and maybe the narrator. The narrator is a pretty big character. 
The author, in my opinion, is way more into telling rather than showing. We're told that J.E.D.D. Mason is worshipped and just just and kind very emphatically. He's godlike, in fact. However, (laughs) one has to be told because one sure as heck wouldn't come to that conclusion from what one observes. If one weren't told, you'd think he was some kind of weirdo with special talents. Similarly with the Golden Twids, Ganymede and Dinai, or Mason and the King of Spain. Frankly, they're all rather grotesque and colloquial in in a more academic sense. The narrator himself is one of the few folks who feels like one might know anyway when the reader is about... told about his horrifying past only just sorry the narrator himself is one of the few folks one feels like one might know and anyway and then the reader is told about his horrifying past only just enough to cause a lot of cognitive dissonance i'm experiencing cognitive yeah, I, yeah, dissonance. i was gonna That's say the there's a lot of cognitive dissonance going on right now thank because you because it's virtually impossible from the characterization one is given to glean any motives which might be my biggest problem the characterization is such that i couldn't empathize sympathize or love or hate anyone i felt a bit like a deist myself looking down at this author's creation finding it uninteresting somewhat distasteful but utterly unengaging this is not ambivalence I wish yeah, I could they find like a... aggressively dislike this book. I it wish feels like I could find a good summary of the second book because I would like to know what happens. I'm just not sure I want to spend my time reading about these puppets <laughs> further to find out. Yeah, no, I um Yeah. <gasps> The statistical analysis. Show. I just really appreciated the fact. I've done a lot of projections, and I'm, I, I can't seem to find. I yeah. I wish I could tell you. The thing is, uh, so E says one star, poorly and pretentiously written, incoherent. There's a right way and a wrong way to write a story like this. Neil Stevenson's Anathem is a fine example of how it should be done. Although Anathem introduces a complex new world with dozens of new concepts, Stevenson takes the time to explain them and make them seem real. Writing. Fleshed out and understandable. The lies of his character in their world make sense. This book, on the other hand, is needlessly turgid, overwrought, and the author is very poor at introducing her setting and concepts. Mm. Her characters, moreover, are inscrutable and opaque. Ooh, I can't see them, and also I can't see through them. Frankly, I gave up about 10% of the way in. This book evoked <laughs> nothing but feeling... 10% exactly. But um, I, She did say about, or the they did say about. And I had reached the limits of my endurance. In the worlds of Schopenhauer... Jesus, why is everyone uh, who approaches this book like... Yeah. The way that I view it is actually very similar to the way Kierkegaard uh, viewed the great classics. In the words of Schopenhauer, one of the conditions for reading what is good is that one must not read what is bad, for life is short and time and energy are limited. I wish I could return this book for a refund. One more thing, I absolutely hate it when authors use, oh, this is not fun anymore. Um, there's like some fun transphobia at the end, and by fun I mean I'm not going to give it oh, air on this podcast. Oh, that's super awesome! Yeah, no, we have uh, like zero tolerance uh, for transphobia of all kind. That's awesome. I love it. Anyway, I really appreciate that the majority of this, um, the majority of these reviews essentially are like it was incomprehensible and turgid and terrible, and I'm like, so are your reviews? So. 
you want to go have a philosophy battle, I guess the the author really succeeded in that. Yeah. Yeah. Verified kills. All right, everyone. It's time for a new special bit here right at the end. It's time for Verified Kills with oh Josie. God, Josie's been promising me this bit and I haven't been prepared. All right, everyone. Uh, so, every once in a while, um, people, you know, they move on from this world. Um, for example, known bastard Stanley. Oh, God. November 12th, 2018. Oh, God. Died. Stan Lee. I know, like, I proselytize against him but a lot of people like him and we don't want to alienate by episode three. Oh, listen it's okay stanley stole a lot of content from people he also revolutionized comics these two things exist together we arrived net neutral it's stanley yeah, don't leave for a podcast we're not stanley gonna stanley was a genius but also he stole a lot of people's work you know it happens um <laughs> whoops but those people's verified twitter accounts keep on tweeting what? That's right. Past his death at the real Stan Lee continues to tweet. The person who helps others simply because it should or must be done and because it is the right thing to do is indeed without a doubt a real superhero. Stan Lee. Hashtag Stan Lee. Hashtag Motivation Monday. That's from January 13th. Um... Oh my god, we live in hell. Oh my god, we live in hell. We live in gendered hell. February 14th, the real Stan Lee. Happy Valentine's Day. Hashtag flashback Friday. Wait, did they say hashback? Hashtag, I'm sorry, I said hashback. I was really excited. They were really committing to the old man character. Hashtag flashback Friday to the 90s with these old school Marvel cards. Which one would you give to your crush? Hashtag Valentine's Day. All right, so we've got some really excellent ones. Um, some uh, Spider-Man saying, "Won't you stick around, Valentine?" I'm gonna turn the computer so that's, we can. That's a that's a thing. See some of these right wow, here. Yeah, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're incredible with a picture of very vintage Hulk. I mean, yeah, um, uh huh. A true red, white, and blue Valentine. What does that mean, Becca? What does that mean? I don't want to know. Your cosmic happy Valentine's Day. Since when have Valentine's Day cards ever been good, though? Why is the silver... Why was... In 1990, why did Marvel come out with a silver surfer Valentine's Day card? Do you think they edited them, though? I don't think they came out that way in the 90s. Do you? Uh, The colors are... Uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely it looks like It does say copyright 1990 on there now, doesn't it? But it does very much look like the text is uh, kind of like put in maybe with some uh, like Windows paint. Which I, just is like, don't, I, I just don't trust anything on the internet anymore. Which I think is a really great Especially tribute since, to like, Stanley. Stanley's tweeting from beyond the grave. Um... Don't so, forget. So that's verified kills. <laughs> Oh, God, this is so morbid. All right, everyone. Oh, no. Here we are uh, at the end of the podcast. Um, let's let's now turn. Uh, okay, are you saying Let's, now, let's now start to, yep. to turn down towards, towards the end, kind of tone things down a bit. 
and move on to some acknowledgements. Um, I'd like to acknowledge uh, they might be giants who let us put their song oh my God. Don't Let's, Let's Start Let's as our start theme, song. theme song. Um, so thank you very much to They Might Be Giants. Thank you to uh, Rogue Media Network and Oni Chan Productions and, of course, Mike, our producer, um, for, for having us uh, and, and please check out here. all of the different shows on Rogue Media Network. They're putting out a lot of great content. Yeah. I'm so excited for some Louisville, of the new things that are coming. Tunes and Tea, uh, Private Hip Hop Podcast, mm-hmm. Keep Waco Loud. So many good things. And then obviously all the local businesses here in Waco that are supporting us. Nexus Esports, Waco Escape Rooms, Waco Pedal Tours, and then maybe some local businesses that maybe want to support us but are still very cool, especially if you're into books, which if you're listening to ours, you are. So Yeah, if, some you're, local if you're a local Waco in, uh, yeah, check out Fable, check out Goldens, check out Bankstons. I mean, we really, we, we know that we use a lot of our content goes to Amazon, but we really want to emphasize local businesses. It's really important to us. Go mm-hmm. buy your books local. Yes, absolutely. And if for whatever reason you don't have a local bookstore, um, Becca actually just this past week um, sent me a link to a, a very cool website called bookshop.org. Bookstore.com? Oh, book. B O O K S H O P. Dot org. Very good at typing. I think it's dot com. Uh, it is bookshop.org. It very much is. Um, and so, yes, bookshop.org. Um, Just kidding. All right, here we go. We'll, we'll restart that take now that we actually figured that out because that was a whole lot of mess. Um, where was I? Uh, oh, if it, you don't have a local mm-hmm. bookstore. Yes, if you don't have a local bookstore, um, Becca was actually had just showed me a, a really cool website called bookshop.org, and they are giving 10% of their profits uh, to local bookstores who are just enrolled in the program. Those bookstores don't actually have to do anything other than get on their list of local bookstores and indie bookstores, and they get 10% of those profits. So they're just trying to divert some of the funds from Amazon uh, back into local and indie bookstores. And so that's a really great way if you can't get out and sometimes, you know, your bookstore just doesn't have what you want. Um, Bookshop.org is a great place uh, to go instead. Uh, So do, do that. Um, or order direct from the creators if you have that option to do that as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Get that money directly to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and then uh, rate us. Give us a five-star review if you would like, please. This the, These early episodes are really important to get mm-hmm. down on that ground level, and we really appreciate you listening to us. Yeah. Uh, we're a pair of dumb idiots who got a podcast. I still can't and believe we're it. We're really, really happy about it, <laughs> and we just we wanted to... to be good. And so, you know, let us know what you think. Share it with your friends. And uh, and let's keep making the things. So hit me with your best hogue. Yeah, so now it's time um, for the Dark Horse Devotional. Dark Horse Devotional. Um, <clears throat> page, page 13 from Tammy Hogue's Dark Horse. <laughs> Can we get something? Face turned to the sun as she blew a lazy stream of cigarette smoke at. Yeah. Ooh. I can that, see that makes it. me feel free. It's whispering oh, away. Me fade out. Right as we hear bum 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 bum. Oh. Da, 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 da. <laughs> All right. Episode. This has been Rogue Media Network Podcast.